0: It seems the Chinese property giant Evergrande is, well, not so grand after all. Today, a Hong Kong court ordered the behemoth into liquidation after talks with its overseas creditors failed to reach a deal. The company is saddled with more than $450 billion in debt, and its demise will send shockwaves through China's already fragile capital and property markets. Harry murphy Cruz is the lead economist for China and Australia with Moody Analytics. Welcome to you, Harry. How did we get here? Let's go back to the start. How did we arrive here? Yeah, I mean,
1: it really is another notch,
0: I suppose, in the troubles of China
1: Evergrande. So, their Troubles started back in 2020 when uh, officials in China, they were looking at their property market, they saw that it was clearly too inflated, they'd become too reliant on property for growth and so they intervened. They tried to put a handbrake on the uh, the economy's reliance on real estate. They introduced what was called the three red lines policy. Effectively, they tried to put limits on the, uh, the liability, the debt and the capital that property developers in China had to hold. That gave them too much bang for their buck though and in doing that, we've seen a really big contraction in China's overall property market and Evergrande has really been at the forefront of those troubles. So, back in 2021, they effectively ran out of cash. They defaulted on their their debt and since then, it's been a bit of a saga where management have been trying to negotiate ways of restructuring that debt. Um, As part of that process, it filed for Chapter 15 bankruptcy in New York last year that effectively put on hold um, its assets in the US. But ultimately, they haven't been successful in finding a way out of this crisis. Um, They haven't been able to restructure their debt or even put forward any kind of viable plan of doing so. That frustrated uh, a lot of their investors who filed this liquidation petition uh, back in 2022. And The judge in Hong Kong today agreed that it was time that the firm be wound up and and its assets sold to try to pay down that
0: debt. It really is difficult, Harry, to understand the scale of this company. I mean, $450 billion just in debt uh, it sort of doesn't belie the true uh, gargantuan qualities to Evergrande. And you see some uh, pictures in the media, the reporting about the Evergrande collapse and the rows and rows of property. Just talk to me about the scale of this company and how it really is ubiquitous, not only in China, uh, but but in related territories.
1: Definitely. So, I mean, at its peak, Evergrande was the largest property developer in China. Um, if you look at it by sales... Um, it's, you know, since then obviously fallen off quite a bit. But those liabilities that we talk of, you know, it's equivalent to almost 2% of China's total economy. It's just absolutely massive. And it is worth mentioning that it's not just Evergrande that are facing some of those troubles at the moment. There are a whole host of the country's developers that are really, really struggling. And the reason that's so massive for China is, you know, back to that point earlier, it became so ingrained in china's economy where between 20 and 30% of china's economy was linked to real estate part of that being you know the actual building and the houses that were being developed but also all those manufacturing sectors around it you know the the concrete the steel the glass the logistics all of those things so when you've got um, developers the size of Evergrande facing the challenges that they do, that's really permeating through so many parts of
0: the economy. So, that is the economic side of this crisis. It also has political ramifications as well. So, how will that influence uh, the liquidation of of this company?
1: Yeah, there's, there's probably a bit of a tug of war that could happen here. So, China and Hong Kong, they do have agreements to recognise the appointment of each other's liquidators. In practice, though, it hasn't always turned out that way. So, you know, from my count, I think only two of the, the six applications that have um, that have occurred have been recognised by Chinese courts in in recent times. So, we could see a little bit of, um, uh, I suppose, to and fro as to how this process actually goes from here. We know that officials in in China they're going to be extremely keen to, you know, keep developers afloat just for that. Um, period where you know the houses that people have bought in China actually get built, so we don't have all these homeowners and households in China who have you know had all of their wealth destroyed by collapses like this. So that could see uh, officials in China you know put a bit of a delay on the implementation of uh, of some of these liquidation uh, proceedings.
0: Harry Murphy Cruz is the lead economist for China and Australia at Moody Analytics. It's twelve past four here on RN Drive. So what does Evergrande's collapse mean for International investors and for Australia, it's it's pretty big. So, I mean,
1: a lot of this will take time to actually flow through. So, there's not going to be an immediate halting of of activity in China. Um, you know, the building won't stop immediately. It'll take time for a, a liquidator to be appointed, and even when it does, it'll take a few months after that before. A, a more permanent liquidator that will take control of the the firm is actually put in place. So it will take time, and, and these things won't change on a dime. But where we will see the big impact immediately is the hit to confidence. So it's the hit to confidence of households in China who are seeing their, you know the country's largest industry effectively collapse. Um, it's the confidence hit to businesses who perhaps expected a little bit more support from officials in navigating this crisis that really hasn't been forthcoming. Uh, but also the, the confidence hit to to overseas investors who you know over the past couple of weeks, but particularly in the last week or so, have pulled out of China's stocks. We've seen big hits to to equity markets, and we've seen the the intervention in the stock market in the last couple of days. So all that creates uncertainty, uh, which is kryptonite to an economy, uh, and really that's going to weigh on China's twenty twenty four prospects.
0: So you say uncertainty is, is kryptonite. I just wonder whether or not the demise of Evergrande will serve as a either a reset or, or, or perhaps contagion to other uh, property developers in China. Look, it certainly um,
1: sets the, I suppose, the precedent that officials in China will not be there to backstop this kind of speculative lending that has occurred. Um, There was perhaps a little bit of what we call moral hazard. People assumed that there'd be this backstop by um, officials in China. When things got too bad, they'd intervene, they'd be that stopgap and support uh, not only the developers, but households, and the fact that that hasn't happened um, has been a bit of a real wake-up call for a lot of investors across China. And you know that will uh, potentially change behaviour going forward. Given that what was um, viewed by many as a you know pretty sure bet won't necessarily be there.
0: Harry Murphy Cruz is the lead economist for China and Australia at Moody Analytics. Thanks so much for your analysis. Good afternoon to you. Thanks a lot.